This is an ABC podcast. This is Baby Talk Podcast with Penny Johnston. Hello and welcome back to Baby Talk for our second last episode ever. Have you ever wondered what it takes to be on the good side of a midwife? I mean, what are they really thinking when they're helping you into the birthing suite? They probably haven't seen a birth Mm. before except for, you know, maybe Jennifer Aniston on Friends, you know. (laughs) And so... They, they don't understand the process or how long. Often they're surprised mm. how long it's going to be. They think, right, I'm going to get there, I'm going to do a bit of back rubbing and I'm going to have a baby in like two hours. Midwives are the safe hands everyone needs whilst giving birth. In this special episode of Baby Talk, we're talking to two working midwives anonymously to get the inside running of what you need to know to make sure that your birth is going to be the best it possibly can be. These two midwives between them have delivered thousands of babies and they've probably seen it all, although they're never going to let you know. They're incredibly committed to you having the best birth you possibly can. So let's ask them all the questions that we wanted to know but were too afraid to ask. So midwives, what do you secretly wish that people knew before they came into hospital? Well, I wish that people would stop googling for number one and I wish they'd stop thinking that they knew everything that there was to know about labour and birth. Very often it's pretty quickly revealed that they don't know everything and that the midwives perhaps do know what they're talking about. I wish that even though partners are very clever at timing contractions on their phone, we also know how to do that and when you come into hospital, if you're not in good labour, We'll send you home until you are, regardless of the app on your phone. And you're not just being mean sending people home. So why You have to be in good labour. So there's a reason why we do say stay at home for as long as possible, because we want women to labour as well as possible. And if you're in hospital, there's a lot of interventions that we just have to do because it's policy. We have to take your blood pressure. We have to listen to the baby's heartbeat. We have to check, you know, how many contractions you're having. And that can actually interrupt the process of spontaneous labour. So we want you to be at home for as long as possible, not to be cruel or to be mean. And it's not that you're not in pain. We fully believe that you're in pain. But we don't think it's probably the right time for you to come to hospital at certain times. So it's, yeah, that's why we send people home. I mean, one of the other things is you can't just go and have a random cup of tea, can I, if I'm in labour, or eat a sandwich or... Correct. Yeah, you're being managed by other people. Yeah. One of the things I wish people would do is is ring us. Often, you know, people will come into labour or they'll come into the hospital and they might say, oh, I was at home for a while and I was in pain or I didn't think my baby was moving as much as possible or as it normally would be. Oh, but I didn't want to ring. I didn't want to bother anybody. And I often feel like saying, well, that's no bother to us. We love what we do. Um, So ring us. We're here. We're here 24-7. There's midwives here all of the time. And you can always come in and we can do an assessment. And if you're not in good labour, we can send you home. If you are, we'll keep you. But don't hesitate in ringing us Mm. or coming in. So is it okay to come in if I'm not in good labour as long as I'm prepared to go home again? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. You don't mind that? No, we love that. Okay. (laughs) I think it's reassuring for people because they are in pain and they think this cannot be normal. I must be in really cracking good labour. And I think it's just reassuring to know that the baby's fine. And yes, you're getting into labour and you are moving forward, but not just yet. 
Stay, mm. go home or go for a walk around. Just have a bit of fun and then come back to us when you're in cracking labour. Do you find that some couples don't take that news that they're going home very well? I think some people, I mean, you know, are happy to go home. Other people sort of feel a bit disappointed or they might feel like they're labouring really, really well at home and then they come into the hospital and the contractions stop and they think, oh, what, what happened? And it might have been that they were either just in very early labour or having Braxton Hicks or even a couple of Panadol and a hot bath will settle it. And it might mean, you know, we might see you tomorrow or perhaps even overnight, but just not yet. It's a long stay in hospital otherwise. It makes for a really long time. Other people might be having their second or third and they might labour even quicker, in which case... We really want them to come in. <laughs> <laughs> they don't usually make that same mistake with baby number two, do they? They come in at a better time? Yeah, it's a lot faster second time around. And they do also have to organise childcare. So they actually are at home mm. a bit longer. I do remember one woman, a gorgeous woman, and she lived sort of on the outskirts of the city. So it was going to take her a good 40 minutes to come into into the hospital And she rang me and her husband had gone to work and she was furious. I told him not to go to work this morning. I knew something was happening. It was her third child. And uh, I said, look, it sounds to me, how frequently are they coming? She goes, well, they've been five minutely for an hour. And I said, look, I actually think you should come to hospital. And she said, I've got a bit of bowel pressure. And I said, I think you should call an ambulance and come to hospital. (laughs) And she said, oh, I'm just waiting for my mum to come and babysit the other kids. And I said, well, why don't you call an ambulance before you ring your mum? And she said, well... I've got to ring my husband and get him to come. And I said, you should call an ambulance first before you. (laughs) And and then we get a phone call from the ambulance saying, oh, she's had the baby at home and (laughs) we're on our way in. And they said, yes. So second baby, third baby can be quite a bit quicker. And people are either in denial like that lovely woman was or they get their skates on and they come in pretty quickly. What do you think are the ingredients for the best birthing experience? Is it having done the hospital course beforehand? I think it's being really well informed about and really thinking about what's important to you and to you as a couple and as a family. Like what what's important? And there are so many models of care out there that if you want to have a home birth, then research that and research the midwives and research what's in your community but if you want to go with a private obstetrician, research that as well. Make sure that, or if you want to have an elective caesarean section, research all of that. Informed consent is what we're all on about. But I think the best birth experience for everybody really is around what they want. And unfortunately, we can't always um, accommodate what they want. If someone wants to calm birth and have a baby without any intervention at all, sometimes babies don't want to play ball with that one and we end up going down the path of an emergency caesarean or a forceps delivery or something that was not on the birth plan. I often find and I often say to women when I meet them today's, you know, once in a lifetime, maybe twice, and this is going to be all about you. So you try and, and I guess, bond with that that person Mm. because in a very short period of time you're hoping that they will trust you enough to let you in and to look after them and to work with them. So I often there, you know, will say things like, oh, I'm not sure if I want an epidural or I don't know about this or, you know, I'm terrified that if I'm pushing, I'm going to poo. You know, all these sorts of things that, that are running through their head in the first hour that they're in, a, in an unfamiliar place 
with me being a person that they've never met before. Yeah, and I'm, you're about to have no underpants on. That's it's right. Kind exactly. of a bit weird. It's it's a bit weird, and um and it goes against everything as women. You know, we're, we're not told to lay on a bed with our legs open and push. Your brain tells you yeah. that oh, that's not really what I've been taught since I was a little girl. <laughs> so you're trying to build that. And I often say to them, let's take it as it comes today. And let's just wait and see each half an hour, each hour, how you feel. Let's keep the conversation open. And often I think that that calms them a little bit because they're like, I don't have to decide everything now. Mm. I don't have to make a plan. I can take it as it comes. I'm quite happy on a ball looking over the city with you know, a midwife massaging my back for now. But in half an hour, if I'm not, that's okay. I can change it and I can have an epidural or, you know, things can change very quickly because you want the best birth experience for her and you want her, I guess, to feel that she's been heard and listened to and that she's not disappointed in any way. You you don't want women to say, oh, I really thought, you know, I'd be okay and mm. I I didn't think I'd need pain relief. I feel like I've let a woman down if I want I want her to feel like everything has been the right decision for her. She's made good choices for yeah. herself. And how good is the pain relief really? Fantastic. Yeah? Yeah. Depending on if you're going to have a baby in a few hours because essentially the uterus is a muscle contracting and... It hasn't had a workout before except when you have your period. Yeah. So now you've got a baby inside it and it's going to be contracting for a really long period of time. So I often say to dads, if you were to pick up a weight in the gym and contract it for the next eight hours. Yeah, we've seen that on Survivor. Exactly. It doesn't doesn't end well, does it? No, exactly. And they don't get a baby at the end of it. So gas can be really, really effective. Um, lots of non-pharmacological methods, you know, being on the ball, different position changes, deep immersion baths, hot showers, all of those things are good. The only real effective pain relief is an epidural, which essentially blocks the receptors from the waist down. You don't have those really heavy dead legs like we did back in 1970. But, you know, you, after the baby's born, you, will, you won't feel the pain, but you will feel the pressure. And so women often feel like if they have an epidural, how will I know to push. to push because and so I will reassure them and say look there's two things and I tell them this often when their partners are out of the room I usually send them out for a coffee or something quickly and I often say we're going to put our hand on your belly so we'll be able to guide you with the contraction and help you by saying you know to take a deep breath in now now's the time to push and I often say to them and I'm also going to put a pad in front of your bottom so you don't feel self-conscious and they often feel like Oh. oh, well, because that would be something else that... Is... I think women feel self-conscious. And if you just say that, they go, oh, really? And say so it's it's unlikely that you're going to, but if you do, no one's going to know. Exactly. And it but, takes this Because that is a sort of a thing. But even if you did, would do you guys really care? Of no. course not. <laughs> not <laughs> at all. Because it's actually, it's, it's just the pressure from the baby coming down. Yeah. And well, it's not you know that you're what being I mean? horrible. No. And... Absolutely not. No. And to be this honest... This is why we look after women. We don't look after sick people and we certainly don't look after men. <laughs> I know that um, some women um, attend to their waxing procedures and things before. I mean, I can't even imagine why you would... I did not bother. Do you really... No, you don't really spend that much time looking at No, we, we don't. don't. And in fact, if a woman... If we've been with a woman all day and she's labouring beautifully and then let's say that for whatever reason... 
it's come to a point where she's got to have a caesarean section, perhaps the baby's tired or different reasons. And often I'll think, oh, my gosh, I wonder if I need to give her a little shave where the... The scar's going to go. be. And I think, I've been with this woman all day. I, I actually don't know whether she is or not. So it's really, it's... It's, 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 a, it's just... You just don't look. It's like the ladies doing no, the mammograms. Don't you don't really yeah, yeah, no. care, think no, about it. We've got enormous respect for women and their bodies. and So you don't need to wax before birth. You can do whatever you like. You can even vajazzle if it really does it for you. We don't mind. Okay. Although we do talk about vajazzling. <laughs> we do see it. Yes, yes, yes they do. Yes, they do. I didn't they want to make it. That was a joke thing. I didn't think it was real. They want to make it pretty for the baby when it comes out. Oh my goodness! And that's absolutely fine. <laughs> Let's talk about the male partners coming along. You must see a very broad spectrum of. Helpful and unhelpful behaviour. Very much so, very much so. And I don't know what is more annoying for midwives if a bit of an overly helpful partner is can be kind of a bit annoying. <laughs> I think it's annoying for their partner too. <laughs> yeah, I actually have had men who are so, I think they're so frightened of the whole process or they're so frightened that their wife is in pain or something. I've actually had men run, like she'll say, can you please get me another pair of underwear? And he's actually run across the room to the suitcase <laughs> to get it out. And then he runs back to her. It's like, no, you don't need to do that. That's very helpful, but you don't need to panic about it. It's just a pair of underwear. So I just, yeah, or oh, there are the men who are completely the opposite, who you just think, wow, I don't think your you're really... Your baby's crowning, maybe get off your phone, doll. <laughs> <laughs> so would, would you like to see a sort of a no phone policy? I'd love that. Policy? Oh, I'd love, I'd love that. that. Phones are honestly oh. the worst enemy of labouring women. They really are. And that constant bing, bing from the family and oversharing information. I had one father who was terribly excited and he was saying, oh, look, you know, she's just had an epidural. She's four centimetres dilated, um, but it stretches to five. And, and he got off the phone and I said, oh, who was that? He said, oh, that was um, my brother. I said, Really? He goes, oh, no, it's fine. He, they've had three kids. And I was kind of like, pretty probably doesn't need to know about your wife's vaginal examination. <laughs> because he's so keen, he wants yeah. to share uh-huh. the story. So I often say to them, sometimes it's good not to tell your family all the details and not to tell them what stage of the labour you're at so that when your baby's born, you get time together as a family to have some photos. And especially for the woman, often I feel like, They'd like to have a shower and just catch their breath and have a cup of tea and feed their baby. And when they're ready, then notify the family. Yeah. The family don't need to know as five seconds after the birth. It's really another few hours is neither here nor there. Just give her time. So the phone thing can be a bit... And I think if Dad's packed the labour bag, that would be wonderful. Because often women will say, and I think that would be something that I used to do childbirth ed and say that is a fantastic thing because when the woman says, oh, can you grab my lip balm? You can see them fossicking through these beautifully packed bags and she's going, no, no, not in that one, over in that one. It would be so good if dads could just go, I know where that is because I know where I put it. Here it is. Or here's a hair tie or 
can you get me a, a, a nighty or PJs yeah. or whatever she wants to wear? Have the conversation. Say to him, after I have the baby, this is what I want to wear. So you can lay it out. And that can be a really effective <laughs> job. These days, men are asked to be a bit more involved mm. in the process. Mm. Do any of them ever just opt for not being there or is is the equivalent being hiding behind your phone, not being that involved? Look, very rarely, and there are mm. very rarely, men do love to be in the birth room and we do encourage them, of course. We actually yes. welcome, we welcome yeah. everybody in the birth room. If the women want to have their mums there too, that's absolutely fine. <laughs> but it yeah, some cultures, though, the men can't be in the room. So in Orthodox Jewish cultures, the men might stand behind the curtain so they can't mm-hmm. see anything or might be out of the room. But usually, if it's a non-religious reason, very few men mm. would leave. I think pretty much everyone's there. Occasionally, very occasionally, if the woman has had to go for a caesarean section, the man said, I can't go, I, I think I will faint. And so they'll send the mum or the sister mm. or whoever the other support person is and that's uh, they're always absolutely delighted. The mums are absolutely delighted to be there. <laughs> but, yeah, and that's, you know what, kudos to the men who do acknowledge yeah. that because bad things can, men can faint. And that's another thing that we don't hear about much. But men do faint, not at the birth so much, but certainly with epidurals going in. Mm-hmm. Ooh, if yeah, you're I likely suppose. to faint, that is when it's going to happen. And, uh, you know, the old term is it's kind of a women's work thing where we I admire and think the partners are fantastic they probably haven't seen a birth Mm. before except for you know maybe Jennifer Aniston on Friends you know (laughs) and so they they don't understand the process or how long often they're surprised Mm. how long it's going to be they think right I'm going to get there I'm going to do a bit of back rubbing and I'm going to have a baby in like two hours Mm -hmm. and when they realize actually this is a really long taxing really emotional day so I often try and send them out quite a bit I say you know why don't you go for a walk come back in an hour nothing's happening I'm here go and take some time for yourself and or you sort of might chat to them about you know how did you meet not not so much about their work even though it's interesting but get them to focus on how much they love their partner and the relationship and go and have a walk or Mm. you know get out because Especially before you know, th- you know when things are hotting up, and you know maybe the baby's going to be born in an hour or two. I definitely get them to have some time for themselves because they come back in and they are really refreshed and motivated. Because yeah. you do hear one mm. friend said, basically to her husband, "If you touch me, <laughs> I will kill you." Now. Yeah, right. <laughs> do some women just get <clears throat> in labour? Yes, I think that it's such a primal thing, isn't it, labour mm. and birth? Mm. If you don't have the pain relief on board, if you don't have the epidural, you really, it, you know, it's revealed. Everything is revealed, basically, and it's a good thing. Because mm. mm. that, sometimes that aggression can kind of help you get through. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah, and that's normal. I, I often say to the men, it's kind of like, you know, where you're kind of getting to the end of, you know, you're running a marathon, and you kind of, some runners will be just really focused and quiet, and they'll just get to... And others will be like gritting their teeth and really wanting that encouragement power through. Yeah. And that analogy, often the partners go, right, I get it. I get it. Yeah. If you watch enough episodes of Call the Midwife or One Board Every Minute, there seems to be a point in labour 
where every woman goes, I can't do this. It's I'm leaving now. I'm not doing I'll come back <laughs> tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Someone else can be in charge now. Is that is that actually a physiological thing? Does that happen in every yes, labour? Yes, it every, really does. It does. And I think the terminology does change a bit, though, because now a lot of women say, I need an epidural. I want an epidural now. I want it now. And they yeah, get quite angry. Not? Yes. But I think it's the same thing. It's saying the same thing. And, and they do say, women do say, I can't do this, I anymore. Can't do this anymore. They actually say it. And it's in transition usually. And what's causing that? Is that... It's um, the, the fight or flight response yeah. as well in transition where, you know, you, I mean, you're exhausted and, mm. it, and you know that you're about to cross over to motherhood. So it is that kind of... Wow. I mean, I, I, an old midwife said to me in the 60s, women used to pray during that time. Oh, my God, you know, oh, yeah. God, help me, God. Yeah. And then sort of like the 70s and 80s, they'd be like, oh, you know, the F word would be coming out. Nowadays, they all just go, epidural! Give me the drugs! <laughs> I want the drugs! <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, how funny. Is there a physiological reason? Is it the baby actually sort of starting to press down a lot more? Is there more pain or is it just... It's the point of labour which every, you know the baby's about to pop out. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's very painful and the baby is coming down and your body, your adrenaline's working. So often women might, the physiological response will be shaking emotions, crying, maybe yelling, feeling really overwhelmed, overwhelmed, feeling exposed, vulnerable, all of those sort of things, which is often, I mean, if you, if you watch animals birthing, that's why, you know, they'll retreat to a safe place, which might be a corner or lights down or don't don't look at me, just support me, be with me and hold me and let me know that I'm safe and that it's okay. What I'm feeling is normal. And it's really interesting because you can have that crisis of confidence at mm, four centimetres yeah. dilated or at eight centimetres dilated. Usually it is later in the labour, but you can have it early on. And it's interesting because it really mm. only lasts for maybe 30 or 40 minutes. Yes. It's not a long time. And after that, all of a sudden, it's like, okay, I'm going to put my big girl boots on now and I'm just going to keep going. Mm. Yeah. And then it's just that there's acceptance. It's like, oh, okay. I'm just going to keep going now. <laughs> I'm just going to have this baby. Wow. Yeah. yeah, it's really interesting. No one can do this but me. Yeah. It's yeah. That, that feeling. There's a real realisation, I think, that comes through that. And the empowerment. Oh, look, it's not for everyone to go without drugs. Absolutely it's not. But the empower, empowering feeling that women have if they do manage to go without many drugs is incredible, really. It really you do see it on people's faces yeah. Yeah. afterwards. And also the men as well. They're just so mm. proud and mm. amazed and completely in awe. I think that's yeah. also oh, that's even right. with caesarean birth as well. I think most women haven't been in a surgery, haven't been in that situation. And, and you are lying down and there are a lot of people that you haven't met around you. And it's usually a pretty calm environment. It's not kind of like what you see on TV where, you know, all these people are just at you. It's not a drama situation, hopefully. And so there's that as well, you know, that kind of like, am I going to be okay? Is my baby going to be okay? Will I get to see the baby straight away? Mm -hmm. Can I hold it? Can I do skin to skin? Yeah. Will all of those things still be there that I've been part of my plan, really, that I would have these, this baby on me and does that mean I can't have that now? Or have I, have I failed myself? Has my body failed me? Why didn't this happen? It can happen with 
all sorts of births, whether it's forceps or cesarean birth. It's really important that we have an open conversation with women that, you know, you're doing it and you're doing beautifully. You're, you're amazing. You're brilliant. You're bringing life into the world. Women are quite understandably on quite a high if they've had the birth they want. Mm-hmm. That must really help things along. That must it, be a great part of your job. Yeah, it's beautiful. And and the men as well, they're just so excited for their partners that they've actually achieved what they wanted to achieve. Having the birth that they wanted, it's beautiful. Yeah, we're very lucky. It's a great job. It really is. It's a really lovely job. The thing about the job is that every day is different. So every day you don't know what to expect when you walk in the door. You don't know who you're going to meet. You don't know what their family setup is. You don't know what their expectations are. You really don't know if it's going to be a happy day or a sad day mm, or mm. everything in between. You just don't know if there's going to be an emergency that you need to attend to or a beautiful, calm, uh, lovely labour and birth. Mm, you just mm. don't know. And I, for me, I love that adrenaline. I love not knowing what's ahead of me in the day. I think I do great. too. I do too. I love it. And, and you don't know what the background that woman has had so you don't know all of her life experiences and what has shaped her to this point in her life where she has made a decision to have a child and whether she's in a same-sex couple relationship or she's married or she's perhaps in a in an arranged marriage or she could be a single mother or she could be somebody who has chosen to go down the path as a single woman with IVF you don't know but for whatever reason she's chosen to have a baby. So she's bringing all of that life experience into the room with her. It's it's absolutely fascinating. And in a private setting, we may have only just met the woman that day. And I just want people to know midwives are always on your side. No matter what you want, midwives are on your side. We sometimes get women coming through the doors who have independent midwives with them or with doulas with them and that's absolutely encouraged and supported but the hospital midwives are also on your side we are not (laughs) anti yeah we we want you to have the best best labor and birth experience that for you we actually absolutely support everybody or if you want to have an an elective cesarean section absolutely fine we support you we do not judge and we just want you to have the best best day for you Is it your responsibility then as a pregnant woman to do at least a minimum of research on the obstetrician you're going to choose? Definitely. 100%. Yeah, 100%. Mm. Look, if you do have a midwife friend, I would highly recommend speaking with them about who Who you're picking for what reason. If you wanted to go to a private obstetrician or or to a public hospital or wherever, or if you wanted to have a know your midwife, midwifery group practice, speak to, if you've got a midwife friend, have a word to them about what they think might suit you and who they think might suit you because your friend has your best interests at heart, basically. Mm. <laughs> and, yeah. and it's also a personality fix, you mm. know, fit as well. Some different obstetricians might have a, a different approach it's interesting. That's I think probably more the case in the private sector. Yeah. You're sort of choosing mm. an obstetrician said, to go yeah, with. Yeah. You know, women tend to shop around for a mechanic more than they do an <laughs> obstetrician. With private care and obstetric care, obstetricians work incredibly hard. They're in it for the love of it as mm. well. Yeah. Um, and they're amazing. Otherwise, they'd be doing hips and knees. Sometimes I'll say to women, oh, how did you find your obstetrician? 
And I can remember one woman saying to me, oh, my cousin went to such and such. Did your cousin have a good birth? No, it was awful. This is what happened, this is what happened, this is what happened. And I sort of think, okay, so, you know, did you have a look at other types of models of care or things like that? And because women often with their birth, they might, particularly at dinner parties or things, they'll come up to me and they'll go, oh, I was in labour for five days and <laughs> this is what happened and this is what happened and this yeah. is what happened. And you do have the ability to debrief and often what you remember and what you think happened is very can be very different than actually what happened. So yeah. women will say, oh, you know, actually I think that the doctor wanted to play golf so that's why I had a Caesar at 6 o'clock. And I sort of say, well, yeah, I, I'm sorry. I, I've never worked with anybody who does that. I don't believe that. But then when you have a look at their notes, you say, no, you had a Caesar because your baby's heart rate was 70. And they yeah. go, oh, I didn't know that. Is it worth doing a debrief if you've had a birth that was yes. a bit tricky? Absolutely. And, and does, do the hospitals mind you doing that? Yeah, I think that postnatally we do attempt, the midwives do attempt to mm. debrief with mm. the women if they've got time. Look, part of if you are staying in a hospital, part of the problem is that you have a trillion visitors coming through. So it actually makes that one-on-one -on -one time with the midwife really short. It does. And mm. it means that midwives might actually be caught up helping another woman bath her baby when it's mm. the time is right mm. for you to want to debrief. Mm. And look, it's very important that you do debrief, though, because as you were saying before about birth trauma, and well, it's on the rise. Mm. And it's actually really important to understand why your birth was the way it was. Even if it was the perfect birth for you and you loved it, it's actually really nice to talk about it. It's really nice. And I have had a woman recently say, oh, my gosh, immediately the baby was born. Immediately, she said, that is the best day of my life this is the mm, best thing mm. that I have ever done and I loved every minute of it we don't often hear that <laughs> <laughs> but it was just beautiful to hear but it was nice for her to talk then about it and why she felt so euphoric mm. about her birth and how wonderful it was and equally the other way if it's an unexpected birth for you or an unexpected mm. outcome very very important to debrief and women love to talk about their birth. It's funny, like I can remember when I decided to become a midwife and my grandmother at the time was 88 and she said, oh, let me tell you about my birth. <laughs> and I thought, well, hang on a minute, you're 88. <laughs> and you're oh, still... then the doctor, well, he said to me and I couldn't do this. They put this. And I'm thinking, you remember every detail and you're 88. Women don't forget their births. They don't. They can tell you everything. And sometimes the little things that might be said to them during that, they'll remember. And that can have a really lasting impact. I can remember one lady said to me, she said, I'll never forget when it was four minutes to 12 and you came in with the ice. Do you remember? And I can think, and I, I, like, I can't remember that. She goes, remember you were giving me crushed ice? And I can, was I? But that's what she took. She remembered that most of everything. You've really got to have some hilarious birthing stories. So this woman has four children. And she had three inductions. We won't say who it was because it was me. And <laughs> <laughs> so she'd had three inductions and three normal deliveries. And this is before she became a midwife. And then she went off and she became a midwife. I was driving one day with my husband and, you know, we got back home and I was reading the paper and I was like, oh, wow, this woman had like a baby in the car. Like, how would, how would, wouldn't you know? Like, Wow. And I can remember thinking, oh, that's just, you know, bizarre. 
And at the time I had been mentored and was very lucky enough to have an incredible home birth midwife around the corner. She was very much a part of my training as well. Two weeks before my fourth child, my youngest, was due, I went to bed, had a little pain, said to my husband, I wonder if that's a contraction. He said, don't be silly, Dale. You'll be induced in two weeks and you know it. Go back to sleep. About 18 minutes later, I was out of that bed. My husband was on the phone to an ambulance. (laughs) My 15-year-old son, who was our eldest at the time, was on the phone to the home birth midwife who said, if your mother thinks that she's having contractions, get a towel, she's going to push. <laughs> and did you so as I was leaning home? across the um, <laughs> the car in the driveway in the rental house that we'd moved into, which you do, of course, when you're pregnant. Yeah, of course. If you're not renovating yeah, the building. Yeah. I was leaning over and I must have instinctively have taken off my pants, my leggings, at five in the morning and my gorgeous 15-year-old son said, don't worry, Mum, the baby's coming. I said, what? How do you know? He said, because every time you scream, I can feel the baby's head on my hand. Get your hands <laughs> away from there, you poor child. You just had your first kiss yesterday. And here you are in your glory. Anyway, the home birth midwife arrived and um, luckily I got onto the veranda and down on all fours on a blanket and gave birth to our fourth child, much to the delight of the other three kids. But the paper boy at the time was riding past and it was a low (laughs) fence and he came along on his bike and off went the Herald Sun, which landed near my foot. (laughs) And he looked and he went, oh, wow, move along. Move along, next paper delivery. (laughs) So that was quite funny, actually. So it was very unexpected. Often when babies are born very, very quickly like that, the babies are fine, the mother's (laughs) traumatised. Yes, so there you go. So basically there's no mother that can come in that can phase you at all. No. With anything. (laughs) No, no, no. You do get some funny, funny stories, though, don't you? Mm. I had one, like lots of different, different funny stories of different births whether it's, you know, babies born before arrival or on the laundry floor or or they've come into hospital and they've been in a few times. And sometimes, like, I had one lady who was a really silent birther. She didn't actually feel any contraction pain. Wow. But when she would have a contraction, she would just take a breath. She'd go... <sighs> and I can remember saying to her, do you have asthma or... No, nothing. <sighs> And I can remember saying, I think we're just going to keep you. Just, it's just this, she had a baby in two hours. And How amazing. But in that time, she didn't actually feel any contraction pain. How so marvellous. She had done, she had done calm birthing, but it was quite extraordinary to, to witness. There are amusing things in pretty much every labour. And it's, it's <laughs> often to do with the people who are in the room. <laughs> Not so much the woman and her birth, but often it's the other people in the room who keep us entertained and who you do recall well after. Final question. What's the best prezi to leave for the midwives? Because you guys get a lot of chocolate, I know. We do. We do love a bit of chocolate. 
I think, look, the be- honestly, this is sounding very altruistic of me, but <laughs> honestly, the best present I did ever get from a particular couple, and I think that we'd cre- we had a bond and we sort of understood one another and where we were coming from, and they actually sent me a beautiful card, and the cards are the best, aren't they? They, they certainly really are. are. We they lo- really are. The words mean so much to us. We love the cards. But they had also included in there a gift to a maternity pack or something in, for a woman in East Timor, and it was just a really lovely yeah, gift yeah. because it's paying it forward, it's paying it on you know we don't need any we don't need those chocolates we do love them <laughs> but seriously we actually sometimes we do need them we do run through our shift sometimes we do need the sugar because we don't get a break it's very very busy very usually. very busy but the other thing is i i definitely 100 percent agree a, a, a card the words a letter and a hug and a thank you mm-hmm. And and it, it just means everything. I've got beautiful photos of babies and cards and things like that. I just think that that's just, yeah, definitely the best. Definitely the best. Well, that's it. Advice from the midwives directly. I hope you found some helpful hints that might make your labour a little more relaxing and a little more comfortable knowing you're in such good hands. On the Baby Talk website, you'll find other podcasts from the Baby Talk library, which I hope, are really helpful to get you through this really tricky time of your life. And if you think you know somebody who might really need this information, like they're getting close to their due date, why don't you share it? If you just look at how you're listening to this podcast right now, there should be a share button that will allow you to send it to your friends. I'm Penny Johnston. I'll see you one more time on Baby Talk. ABC Baby Talk is a weekly podcast on ABC Digital Radio, wherever you get your podcasts and on the ABC Listen app. Like us on Facebook to find out as soon as a new episode is ready. Just search for ABC Baby Talk. You've been listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.